Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Academy Award for a podcast? Uh, maybe they'll give an Academy Maybe they'll make a movie about the podcast. They'll make a movie okay. about our show. But a, Pre-show. A, a awards show. Right. Pre-show. Spectacular. So right now, if you're out there and you're on you're on the TV and you're watching the red carpet and you're listening to some schmo talking about how someone's hair looks or what they're wearing or all that other nonsense that they talk about now on these pre-shows, turn the volume down. Turn the volume up on this show. Get your friends to come on board and listen, because this is the show you want to listen to, where we're going to give you uh, what our thoughts on the movies and performances, who we think is going to win, dissect the acting, the directing. The, like it's, it's just going to be a real artsy kind of show tonight, talking about the Academy Awards. So again, you'll get the visuals. Turn the volume down on the TV. Turn the volume up on us. This is Pop Life as we get you set for the Academy Awards. Check us out on Facebook, TKRS Presents Pop Life. Go over there, like us right now. We got a show chat going on there on that page. So get on there, check it out, and call us. If you're a movie buff, you saw, you know, we saw a bunch. Give us a call. Let us know your thoughts on the Oscars tonight. 347-838-9815 is the number to call as we get ready for the Oscars. It has been a crazy week, couple of weeks, getting prepared for the show. Todd, how are you doing this evening? Well, I, I'm a little tired. It's been a, a long couple of weeks of movie watching. But, uh, you know, I'm feeling great. Always up for the show. I can't wait. It's a great awards season. Seen a ton of great movies. Uh, really went all in. You know, saw all of the Best Picture nominees. Uh, over the past two weeks, I, I made it to 15 movies. Everything nominated in all the six major categories, all the acting categories, Best Picture, Best Director, 
even went last night and hit, jeez, uh, Into the Woods, which was, uh, you know, had one nomination. Uh, I, I even watched Two Days, One Night with Marion Cotillard in French with no subtitles. <laughs> that was my last. That was my final of the 50 oh. movies. I heard Merci a couple of times. I was like, I know what that means. <laughs> um, so, you know, I am prepped. I'm ready. I've got my picks. I've got my predictions. I've got my takes on all these movies, and I know you do too, Ken. Yeah, man. You know, it's been cool because I've been binge-watching. I didn't quite go to the extreme that you went to, but been binge-watching. I think I saw more movies this week than I've seen in the past year. Uh, I tried to hit as many categories as I possibly could. Um, and it's interesting, you know, it's been really cool prepping for this show because um, it rekindled my love for, for movies and, and, and the theater and just uh, going to movies and the experience. I still, like, I still hate people, and that's part of, like, um, you know, a little bit of the, the snacking and the talking when I've gone to see movies. Man, i got to tell you, we're going to get into that conversation, but I went to see American Sniper, yeah. and this, this woman, this, this, she brought her, and I, I'm assuming, her autistic son to see American Sniper. American Sniper! So I don't fault the child, right. but as he, he was reading the credits as the movie started, and then throughout the movie he was rocking and making noises, and... That was a tough movie to take, so she brings him, like, you know, people just drive me up a wall. So, I mean, that was the negative side of going to the movies and going to the theater, but i uh, got to be honest, it was, it was overwhelmingly positive. It, yeah, you know, I saw a few of these movies in the theater. Uh, DVR, DVD, Amazon TV, um, you know, every, every which way I could find a movie on demand, and, and I was able to get my eyes online on a couple of Academy screeners that I probably shouldn't have had access to. But, you know, thank God for all the different platforms. So I didn't have to have the terrible experience in the theater. <laughs> when I went to see Whiplash, it was odd. I got out of there about 12.30 in the morning. I was the last person in a 21-theater multiplex. Interesting experience over the past few weeks. That's great. And it's funny, speaking of Whiplash, like these people behind me at Whiplash, he was, he, I don't know if they were... I mean, they, they can't be jawbreakers. I don't know what he, but he was. This guy was eating some circular spherical candy <laughs> that he he spilled a couple of times. So, so as I'm like totally engrossed with this film and, and J.K. Simmons' performance, all of a sudden I just hear this clicking noise and then rolling. That would that would go on for like it would seem like an eternity until it no. finally stopped rolling at the bottom of the theater. So just some delectable orbs interfering <laughs> with your enjoyment of Whiplash, which. Let's get into that. Oh, man, I loved Whiplash. I, I, you know, that was the movie for me, man, that, like, out of everything. And, we'll, you know, we're, we got a lot of stuff to get into, positives and negatives in, in certain films and whatever. Man, I don't know if I have a negative thing to say about Whiplash. Uh, phenomenal movie. Um, one thing, you know, I will say this about Whiplash. And if you're an entertainment reporter, like, we do this because we love movies. We love pop life. If you're going to report on entertainment, do your research. Just do your goddamn research. What killed me is that, and I wish I took note of her name, but someone was reporting on Whiplash and saying, quite a departure for J.K. Simmons, unlike any other role he had played, playing this absolute jerk of a carabola. And I'm like, Oz, Oz, for the love of God, did you, I mean, J.K. Simmons kind of broke into the whole, like, stratosphere being, Schillinger on Oz, and, and I thought this character was very reminiscent of of Schillinger. You know, I, I'd even say J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man movies 
And I think part of that was that it was more of a in a comical way and and not playing, you know, and he, you know, he played a, the father in Juno. Um, but to me like Schillinger was like I've been a fan, it's funny cuz I've been a fan of JK Simmons for like 20 years now. I actually met him at the mall once. He was oh. coming into the mall and I just went over shook his hand and said you're you're awesome in Oz. You were incredible and smiled and said thank you and then and that was it. Um, but he's still the guy who is doing State Farm commercials. Yes. And so, obviously, this was a major deal for him, a breakout role at his age, maybe putting him at, at a place where he's going to be an in-demand actor from this point forward and doesn't have to rely on the insurance commercials anymore. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable for him. I mean, yeah. just one of those. I mean, I get it that the movie was about the kid. Right. Um, but you could have made the case for a leading actor – um, the movie, he made the movie. Kid was incredible. Don't get me wrong. Kid was right. incredible. Drumming was incredible. Um, the, the, the shooting was incredible. The, the use of close-ups was, was great. But, I mean, it all comes down to Simmons' performance. Uh, just phenomenal. It was one of those movies that when it ended, it was like I exhaled. Yeah. And oddly enough, and, and you know the guy, but turn the volume up to 11, chorus teacher. In high school, oh. Mr. Gold. Right. There was like aspects. Of, I'm like, yeah, this is like this is Mr. Gold. If you if you turn Mr. Gold up to eleven, right. that's what it. But like, it, so there was there was parts of like my own life that I was able to, you know, kind of draw upon and, and just that that wanting to get that approval from uh, an instructor. Um, well, at times he kind of reminded me also of the uh, the drill sergeant in Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, uh, Arlie yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, he definitely had, you know, the, the way he just went off, I think, I don't know how much he riffed on the the expletives and the going off on, on the students, especially, you know, his prodigy. But, uh, you know, he was great, and he's running away with this Best Supporting Actor category, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. I mean, it, it's just, it, look, there have been great performances this year across the board, but every so often you come upon uh, a performance for the ages, and I, I think what Simmons did in in Whiplash was one of those performances for the ages. And you know, it's funny because when you when you're a fan of a guy that not a lot of people know, uh, you, you know, it's a, in a weird way. Like he, I don't know him. He doesn't know me. We may never cross paths again. But I find it like I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him that he's finally getting the the notoriety. And there's a few guys we're going to talk about that I'm actually happy for. But that was Whiplash for me out of the movies I saw. That was the one that really grabbed me. That that I thought was borderline perfect film. Great performances. I I love the way it was shot. Um, I love the way it was acted. Uh, I thought it was like the perfect length. It never dragged. Uh, it was just top to bottom. It was, it was, it, it's a great little film. I mean, it's not like this bombastic, huge film that you're like, oh, it needs to walk away with all his awards. But it was, it was borderline perfect cinema. Now, you know, you said that he's he's someone that you're happy he got this kind of accolade. Someone who didn't need it. Someone who's already had the career is uh, Robert Duvall. I, among my binge last night, I was up till six in the morning. One of the other movies I watched last night was The Judge. Uh, Robert Duvall plays uh, an old judge who ends up with a murder charge against him. He's uh, ends up. It turns out he's uh, been diagnosed with cancer. It's stage four. He's undergoing chemotherapy. He's got lapses. 
Uh, his wife had just died. Robert Downey Jr. plays his estranged son, his big city lawyer who comes back. Robert Downey Jr. plays Robert Downey Jr. Robert Duvall <laughs> kind of plays Robert Duvall, but he plays him really, really well. Um, it's not like he needs another nomination, you know, for another award, but he really was pretty good. Um, I, I don't know that he compares to some of the other actors in this category. Uh, you know, Ethan Hawke, Edward Norton, Mark Ruffalo also nominated, and I, I don't know that Robert Duvall is in the top few of this category, but it was it was a very good performance. Yeah, I, I, this is one of those those categories where, like, if Simmons doesn't win, it's I, I don't know. Like, maybe we should never. Maybe we should just shut down the Academy. I I know what you're saying. Although Edward Norton was really really good, he was very good. Um, again, like to me, like his his performance in Birdman was a um a winner in other years. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like one of like you know it's it's almost like when you look back like Robin Williams' career when he finally broke through and won the Oscar. He was nominated a few times for lead actor, but it was always like in a year where someone else just put out that really brilliant performance. And I love Ed, Edward Norton, and this is going to be like, to me, an unlucky year for him. He wound up going up against a, a juggernaut in Simmons, and I think it's Simmons' award to lose. Uh, Ethan yeah. Hawke also nominated. Right. Um, not a big fan of Ethan Hawke. Not a, I don't know. Somewhere along the line, people decided Ethan Hawke's a good actor. I don't know who determined that. Uh, I I never agreed with that. Well, Richard Linklater certainly thinks he, he does is. think that. You're right. <laughs> but I, I I thought he was good in in Boyhood. I, I I didn't think he was great, but I didn't like. I, I usually find him fairly irritating. So I didn't find him irritating, which is a good thing. That's something. Um, and and Boyhood was a a very. It was an interesting movie. I I, I, I was interested in Boyhood. For the fact of, of how it was filmed, um, I, I thought it was, you know, I mean, you film a movie over 12 years. I mean, holy cow. Like, and that was something that was, you know, really cool to to see and, and to to, uh, to watch and watch it unfold and watch, like, them, like, literally age on camera. However, the uh, the kid, um, what's uh, Eler Coltrane, I, I found him weak. I found his performance to be weak. Uh, he didn't do it for me. I didn't find him engaging. Um, and so that's where the movie fell short for me. And, and, and also, like, a lot of the really intense, dramatic stuff happened earlier in the film. And it's like, it was interesting, and it was interesting to see 12 years of, of this, this kid and, and life in general. But I don't know, like, would anyone want to see, like, 12 years of my life from when I... I mean, it's like... Well, not not just 12 years of your life, but, like... A week or two of each year. And that's where it became a little disjointed for me was some of these little vignettes did not have resolution. I specifically remember the part where he was being bullied at school. And now I'm thinking, all right, what happens next? Well, what happens next is he's a year older and we yeah. don't know anything about it. And so it's a great idea for a movie. And it was done, everyone stayed on board. Uh, I mean, geez, P- Patricia Arquette aged throughout the movie, did such a great job. And, you know, just went it was amazing to watch her really hold this movie together i thought that the the first half of the movie was really about uh the mom the dad and even the sister a lot more than it was the the boy and it's supposed to be about the boy it wasn't until the second half that you really saw him 
take over the movie, and it was, you know, as Ethan Hawke was maturing, and it's still Patricia Arquette through all of this was, God, holding the movie together, such a tremendous part. Um, but overall, yeah, Boyhood, it, it has a lot of supporters. I don't, I don't see it as a best picture. I love what Richard Linklater did, and I can see him as a best director winner. Um, you know, and he's he's been nominated before the, the before trilogy where he's worked with Ethan Hawke, and I I loved Waking Life, that trippy, that is know, yeah, crazy, which was also Ethan Hawke, right? Yes. So you know, obviously they've got their relationship, um, but I don't know, I don't know about the movie itself. It's weird because it's like on some levels, like you got to fault the director for the movie being uh, disjointed at times, and and the flows, and I totally agree with you, and it was one of those things where. Uh, you know, yeah, like it was. Oh, what's happened? Then there was times where, like, I was trying to figure out, like, oh wait, no, wait, his hair is different. I think, I think we're a year down the road a piece. Like, I we're, think that we're, too. yeah, well, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, you know, that they they didn't fast forward and like, no, wait, I think they did. I think they've they've jumped another year now. Right. Um. So I mean, it was tough at times. Uh. You know, and as a director, if you're gonna look at him as best director, I can see it just for holding it all together and having this 12-year vision is impressive. But at the same time, the disjointed nature uh, at times and, and the, the uneven flow of the movie, you got to fault the director as well. I totally agree. That, to me, Patricia Arquette was gold in this. Uh, she was very poignant. Um, as far as resolution, you say that, that final scene where she's like, next up is my funeral. And then he goes off to college and there's no like, wow, mom is just left with those feelings of abandonment and yeah. for all we know she may be jumping off a building right now but um as far as her performance i thought she she was great to me she was the the star of that movie the, the breakout performance i thought she held the movie together so a mediocre movie with a great performance by patricia arquette who has gotten nominated for for best supporting actress yeah uh, and i think she's got to win that category too i mean again if there's a lock that's you know almost as as solid as J.K. Simmons, I think Patricia Arquette has a pretty strong hold in what really seems like a weak uh, category this year. I mean, Emma Stone in Birdman was very good. Other than that, I think it was kind of weak. One of the actresses I was surprised, actually, wasn't nominated, who did a very good job in um, in Still Alice, was Kristen Stewart. Holy I, cow. I, Holy cow. Holy cow. I mean, the the biggest piece of news to come out of this binge getting ready for the Academy Awards is, wow, Christian Stewart, maybe she can act. Yeah. Maybe I mean, she can act. Take a look at the rundown here in Best Supporting Actress. Laura Dern in Wild has a very small part. This movie is really it's nowhere near about her. It, it, this is Reese Witherspoon's movie. She practically carries it on her shoulders like that giant pack she's carrying on her shoulders. <laughs> um, you know, this is her movie. Kira Knightley was plenty good in the imitation game, but I was surprised that she was nominated. It was not one of those, you know, wow, I can't believe what a terrific job she did. She should get an award for it. And Meryl Streep in Into the Woods, she was nominated because her name is Meryl Streep. I mean, not even because it was a, not because it was a Meryl Streep performance, but just it's her name. And I think the category is weak this year. And so why not throw something at Meryl Streep where we could have given a nomination to Kristen Stewart who, like like you said, wow, 
what a job from someone you would never have expected. Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, and I've said this a number of times, I mean, the Twilight, I only, I only watched the first one because, you know, there are only so many hours you're given in this life of ours, uh-huh. and those two hours I never get back, and I'm never giving two more hours to Twilight. Right. Um, I, I've, you know, I, I studied acting, I did the acting thing, um, the memories, the stuff in Twilight, uh, you know, we we went to high school together. There are better acting in Q and Curtain in our in our drama club at, at Clarkstown North freshman year than you saw in Twilight. I mean, agree one hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it was just kind of like how, and it was one of those like Hollywood let that sort of acting on the big screen, and they put it out there, and people like just ate raw, like just ate it up, like just this slop, like raw. But Kristen Stewart was very good in Still Alice. Another, uh, you know, not, not meaning any disrespect, but a, a nice little film that really uh, uh, talked about a, a disease that, that is not talked about often early onset Alzheimer's, uh, which is absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I work with people with disabilities, and that is early onset dementia and Alzheimer's. It, people with Down syndrome are very susceptible to, to that. And I've seen it occur uh, way too often with people with Down syndrome. Um, but it was one of those things that it, it's almost like the disease was at arm's length for me, seeing it with people with disabilities. Uh, seeing a movie like this with someone who uh, was borderline brilliant, a uh, linguistics professor, uh, and, and the way she portrayed, you know, just... And we've all gone through it, so there's a little bit of, like, paranoia as you're watching the movie because, you know, it starts off with just being a little bit forgetful. I can't, what's the word again, what's the word again? And it's just early onset Alzheimer's at 50 years of age. Yeah. Uh, great little movie, great cast. Again, Kristen Stewart putting on a good performance, but Julianne Moore, again, someone to be happy for. What a performance by her. You know, I disagree. I thought this was more than a, a good little movie. I actually thought it was a great movie. Um, you know, still Julianne Moore's movie, although there were other good performances, as we said, Kristen Stewart being one of them, I thought it was a great movie. And we're in a, 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 an age now where you can have anywhere between five and ten nominees for Best Picture. In each of the previous years, it's been nine. For some reason this year, eight movies made it. And I would have put Still Alice in the mix for Best Picture this year. I liked it that much. Uh it, like you said, it was heartbreaking to see such a brilliant person starting to lose it. And the, her composure, her understanding of what she was going through and what was to come, it's because she was such a, an intelligent person. The little hints, the subtlety in her acting at the beginning, the little things coming you know, all the way around to the, the big, full-scale Alzheimer's by the end, just a, an amazing performance. Um, you know, a, a good chance that it's another one of those locks. But, uh, you know, not not the only lock. Well, let's talk about, you know, the best actress category. You know, she's... There are some really great performances in there. And uh, did you see any of the other movies where the actresses were nominated? Well, I thought, you know, I this is one of those categories I didn't catch a lot of it, but... And, and we'll get into, like, the theory of everything... Uh, later on and really dissecting that movie. But I will say this. I think Felicity Jones was phenomenal. Um, I, I think, to, to me, that was one of those weird movies that that movie was about Stephen Hawking, um, Eddie Redmayne, you know, great performance. But to me, 
That was Felicity Jones's movie. I thought she was incredible in that. And again, it's one of those like, to me, one of those categories again, where you know, ninety percent of the time you put on Felicity, you put on a performance like that um, in a given year. We're gonna give you. A, you're gonna get a statue. You're gonna get a statue. I thought she was phenomenal. Um, but it's just Julianne Moore was just so good. It was just so good and such a unique performance. I, I don't know. I and again. Those are the two I saw in this category, so you could expound a little better on, on this category. But uh, I, I just thought, you know, Julianne Moore is like one of those performances that you sit there and you're like, that she she has to win the statue. She has to get this. Yeah, I mean, and she has such a career. She's been nominated geez, four other times for Academy Awards, including, believe it or not, uh, nominated for Best Actress and Supporting Actress in the same year, in 2002, for Far From Heaven and the Hours. And this great career where she's done action, she's done comedy, she's done drama, uh, and this year with the you know heavy drama, the thing is, as weak as Best Supporting Actress is, the Best Actress category is tremendous this year. Reese Witherspoon, as I said in Wild, was uh, a revelation. I loved Rosamund Pike in Gone Girl. I enjoyed the movie. It had some great twists, and she was terrific. And like I said, I watched uh, Two Days, One Night in French. It's a real testament to Marion Cotillard's acting to say that she gave such a great performance that I could tell what was going on throughout this movie in French. That's how good she was. Regardless of all of that, it's, I think, hands down Julianne Moore's uh, category. She's getting the statue here. Yeah, and it was, you know, things with it, and I just love the movie. And, you know, it's funny, because you said, like, I meant good little movie in a sense of, like, it was a little movie. Like, it wasn't uh, necessarily a blockbuster. It kind of flew under the radar. But I agree. I think the performances in it were great. Uh, I think the, the way it was shot was great. Uh, the subtleties in certain... Like, the one scene where she can't find the bathroom. Oh, yeah. And, and the way they shot it, and she's, you know... You, the, the, the It's just gut-wrenching. And, and she plays the scene so well. But the way they they filmed it... They didn't do the obvious where they give you a, a wide shot and you see that she she had an accident. She she wet herself. But as you see her walking up the stairs, you see that the pants are wet. So I, I just I like the subtlety. I mean, that was just such a heartbreaking scene. And I thought it was played borderline perfect, you know, and that's like one of the things with this whole process of getting ready for this show, it's like rekindled my love of, of movies and uh, the one thing with this movie, though, when I say like a scene like that, that was played so perfectly, Alec Baldwin, man, Alec Baldwin, he he was great. Uh, he was great in in this role. And what I loved about his performance is, you know, a lot of times in, in movies, especially in a situation like this, you have the male role will be either one of two two ways. It'll be the doting husband that just gives up everything for his his ailing spouse, or yeah, the asshole husband who can't handle it and winds up leaving her in her time of need. They're usually, like that's how they that's how they, they they portray us guys, man. It's not it's just not fair. Not fair. It's not fair at all. But I I love the way the part was written and the way Alec Baldwin played it. He was he was unnerved. He uh, very didn't know very supportive, but like was was trying to balance career. Yeah, um, it was realistic. You know, it wasn't because let's face it, you're you're 
God forbid any of us goes through that, money needs to be coming into the household. So yeah, He was ready he, he to was, uproot her, yes. this woman who can't remember anything. He was ready to do it. So as much as he supported her, yeah, he was ready to move on as well. So I, I thought for him, uh, he put in a phenomenal, you know, one of those like understated performances that, um, you know, I guess it, it did go unnoticed. I did like I was so impressed with him as we were Kristen Stewart. So I mean, it still Alice, one of those movies, great movie, a lot of great performances, uh, a great subject matter, and yet. Uh, we we have a couple of snubs in the mix, uh, Kristen Stewart and Alec Baldwin, and that's you know it's funny when it comes to award season and it comes to the Academy Awards and all this other stuff. That you know what's a shame is that a lot of times what winds up making news is the snubs, and that's always going to happen because there's a gazillion movies that come out. You can't nominate everybody. There's always going to be great performances to go unnoticed, and it's a shame. It's a shame that it happens. But then that winds up making a lot of news when, you know, oh, my God, how could this movie or this person not be nominated? Yeah. And, you know, it it kind of brings us around to maybe one of the biggest travesties, one of the biggest uh, controversies, the biggest snubs of award season, which, of course, is the lack of a nomination for the Lego movie. Exactly. Uh, this was, I saw that, one of the two movies I saw in the theater last year. Um with my kids, of course, and it was, as the song says, everything was awesome. It was such a great movie. It was so much fun. Lego, I've mentioned it on this show before, Lego's TV specials have such a unique and tremendous sense of humor, and it carried over to this movie. It was fun to watch. It was a great story, and I can't understand how it did not get a nomination for Best Animated Feature. Did you see any of the other movies nominated for Best Animated Feature? I honestly didn't. And I've been meaning to... And the funny thing was, that, like, I was meaning to see Lego Movie because I had heard so many great things about it. I, I, I heard great things about that in Big Hero 6. Yeah. Um, actually, I, I heard a lot of, like, mediocre kind of stuff with How to Train Your Dragon 2. Um, you know, the honestly, Song of the Sea and Tale of Princess Kag... Yeah. No idea about the name or the know. movie. So I mean, it, it was it's kind of an unusual category, but again, it's like, you know, there's always going to be those snubs. But it's it's weird though because across the board, I heard just great stuff about uh, the Lego Movie. So it it was unusual to me. Again, not seeing movies in this category, but I heard great things about Big Hero Six. I heard I. Heard some good things about box trolls, but oh, to be right. honest with you, Lego Movie was the one that I heard the most positive about. The box trolls just looked creepy, and I <laughs> I did not want to go anywhere near that movie. Uh, thankfully, my kids did not want to go see that, or I might have been dragged into it. And who knows, it might have been fine. But you know, like I said, the Lego Movie was uh, a, it was so much fun. It was so. T- such a funny movie, such a well-made movie. So, you know, that's a snub. And one I've got to mention, and I, I can't say I have personal experience with it, just surprised. There was a documentary made this year called Life Itself, which was about Roger Ebert. We're talking about, like, the ultimate film critic of the past, who knows, 30, 40 years, I don't even know. And how does that movie, which was well-reviewed, about 
the film critic to not get a nomination for Best Documentary Feature. Now, I admittedly didn't see that or any of the other nominees. Just surprising to not hear his name. And he's not even one of the people that you hear, oh, this person was snubbed, this movie was snubbed. It was just a surprise to me. Of course, there is another movie that's been talked about at length about its snubs, and uh, that's, of course, Selma. Yeah, you know, and, and I saw Selma, and I like Selma. I thought it was it was a good movie. It was, um, you know, as much as I, I, I knew about the, the marches, and, and like anything, you know, about history, you know, but like seeing it up on the big screen, I didn't know a lot of the subtle nuances. Um, again, you take stuff that's historical um, when they put it in a movie with a grain of salt. A lot of stuff I'm reading um, that the, the Lyndon B. Johnson portrayal was unfair. Uh, that he was he was more of an ally in the civil rights movement, and they uh, he was quite the obstacle in the movie Selma. Um, you know, as far as the snubs go, it's you know, I mean, first and foremost, are, are there people in the academy that decide on things that are racist? Yeah, probably. I mean, I'm not naive, and I'm not going to sit here and, and take one side or the other. Did did were there people in the academy that specifically? Had you know, unpure motivations to, to for this movie not to be nominated or actors not to be nominated from this film, perhaps. Um, but you know, last year, Twelve Years a Slave had a phenomenal showing at the Academy Awards. So I have a hard time believing that you know, last year, you know, it's all about Twelve Years a Slave and you know, and uh, Dallas Buyers Club. So another minority group, homosexuals. So. Minority groups had a strong showing last year in the Academy Awards. Um, and we can't, we can't say that it's always been that way. No, we can't, not at all. And the struggle is ongoing, but like you said, it's not something that's pervasive, I don't think, in the Academy. And, and, I, and I think this movie, and maybe it's a credit, maybe at, at times you should look at things and say, you know, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's, you know, you, you put on a, a team effort. Uh, the one thing that, that struck me with the movie... And no offense, and I'm going to butcher his name, but uh, David Oyelowo. 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 Let's just call him Dave. Sure. But, but Dave, Dave played MLK, and no disrespect to him. Um, fine actor, fine performance as Martin Luther King Jr., but to be honest with you, his performance didn't grab me. It didn't grab me at all. Now, granted, and I... Growing up, and I was always, I, I enjoyed studying the civil rights movement. I admire the hell out of Martin Luther King Jr., and those are big shoes to fill. I, I get it. Um, but he, he didn't, like, capture Martin Luther King Jr. to me. He wasn't, I wasn't drawn to him. I didn't find him engaging. I honestly thought, to me, what made the movie great was the ensemble. It just, it was a good movie. No singular performance to me stood out if if nothing else the one thing that stood out to me was the ride on the Edmund Pettus bridge the way that was shot um the way it was shot with the reporter on the phone relaying the story that scene to me was so powerful so more than any singular performance that jumped out at me that scene really jumped out at me so a very good movie i don't know if it was a great movie but for me, at least, as a, mu- a movie viewer, n- none of the performances really jumped out and said, wow, that person needs an award. I agree with that 
with that statement. I also think that, you know, just because a movie is about an important subject and it's got a lot of attention does not mean that it has to be nominated for Best Picture Oscar. And so this movie did get nominated. The fact is that none of the actors did and the director did not get nominated. As we know, you know, eight Best Picture nominees, only five Best Director nominees. There are going to be some people shut out. Ava DuVernay, DuVernay, let's call her Ava. <laughs> uh, she was shut out. Uh, she did not get the nomination. And it's it's tough call. It's a tough call because there are some terrific uh, directing performances this year. But, you know, like I said, it, it doesn't have to happen just because it's a movie of importance, about a subject of importance. In this case, um, I, I don't know. I, I found that the director's response to some of the controversy may have caused some backlash. There was controversy about who was more responsible for the the final you know march and the final uh, passing of the laws. Was it more Martin Luther King? Was it more LBJ? And I know the movie made it sound like Johnson was really not behind what the movement was about. He was putting things off, and it wasn't until King really pushed things uh, that anything got moving. And there are people who say that that is not historically accurate. And often when that happens, when a movie based on a true story takes liberties, and they ask the director, the producer about it, they say, well, we had to make a movie, we had to cut some things, we had to take some liberties, we're telling a story. And in this case, she became defensive and said something to the effect of, I read, th- I read an article, I you know, don't think that's the case, and went, got defensive, maybe went on the offensive. And I don't know if that rubbed people the wrong way and may have worked against her. Oh, yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, you could have responded with that, like any movie like this, um, you know, any movie in general, drama needs an antagonist. So if they wanted to, you know, maybe there are other politicians that were um, maybe too too many to put in the film, so they, they kind of uh, put all the opposition in Lyndon B. Johnson's lap and portrayed him in that way, and that's how the you made the movie work. I, I can understand that. And, and we all know, like, back then, yeah, I'm sure there was a number of white politicians that were, you know, trying to put the kibosh on this march. Um, it just, you know, and... I get it. I get it as far as the film goes, but yeah, you, you, you know, you almost have to say we took some artistic license uh, with certain things. But that said, you know, could that be the backlash? Who knows? But for me, as a movie goer, again, I didn't think any performance really stuck out for me. It isn't interesting when you bring up, you know, best director versus best picture, and there are more nominees for best picture than best director, but it's. It's kind of weird, like you could, because I'm saying, like Selma to me was an ensemble kind of piece, uh, much the same as Grand Budapest Hotel. To me, that was an ensemble, like that was a collective that that put together a, a nice, fun little movie. Um, but I, so I can see a movie getting nominated for Best Picture without getting nominated uh, in any acting categories. Best Picture and not getting nominated for Best Director is it, just kind of weird to me. Like, if it's a best picture, then your director's got to be pretty damn good. So it's it's a weird kind of, 
inconsistency, I guess, and like you just kind of wow, how did they get nominated, and, and you're not nominated for best director? So it's it's and and by contrast, like like it's weird, like Foxcatcher, uh, Bennett Miller got nominated for best director, but Foxcatcher didn't get nominated for best picture. So it's 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 a weird kind of thing that you just think if you're if you're one of the best directors, your film should be nominated for best picture. Well, first off, let me say this: I saw Foxcatcher. And that was not a Best Picture nominee. I, I was. But then, how could more, you be Best Director? I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know with this one. I mean, there's there's a history of this. Even though now we have more nominees for Best Picture than Best Director, so there have to be snubs. There's this history of it seems like every year there's one movie that doesn't have its director nominated, and there's one director whose movie isn't nominated seems to just happen all the time. And then once in a while, I think it's actually more than that, I think about 25% of the time, the Oscars go to different films for Best Picture and Best Director, which is not crazy. You know, it, it's, like I said, 75 or so percent of the time, it does go to the same person. Last year was an example of uh, Alfonso Cuaron winning for Gravity, but yet uh, 12 Years a Slave winning for Best Picture. I think this year might be the same thing. I think we'll get into that later on, but it may happen. Uh, Foxcatcher, though, I don't really get why it's up for Best Director. Uh, maybe Steve Carell up for Best Actor. It was a very nuanced, very unusual, odd performance. Um, Mark Ruffalo for Best Supporting Actor was really understated. Um, again, when you get into the supporting categories, sometimes you are grasping for who really did enough in a supporting role to be considered even. I didn't see it. And the movie itself, I I really didn't love the movie. I don't see why that was the one. I would rather have seen either someone else or especially one of the directors of one of the other Best Picture nominees in that category. I mean, I'm looking right now at the fact that the director of American Sniper is not up for best director. Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Not up for best director. So and Clint Eastwood, you know, and, and uh you know, Ava DuVernay, you know, not like so I mean you're and I you know, it's funny to say cuz you know, when I was trying to fit in movies, I I did not hear a lot of good stuff out of Foxcatcher. So that was one of those movies where and I, when it was coming out, I really wanted to see it because I love Steve Carell. And I wanted to see him doing something different. But I heard a lot of lackluster reviews, so I'm like, maybe that's one I, I can wait on. So it, it's it's interesting that, you know, that's the, the guy where you look at Bennett Miller and you're like, well, Ava DuVernay or Clint Eastwood, should they have been nominated in this category over Bennett Miller? Yeah, and, and I say yes, you know, <laughs> clearly. And, you know, it's it's about... It's about a subject matter dear to your heart. It's wrestling. It's not pro wrestling. However, it is wrestling. Um, And it's, you know, I was watching this late at night in my house when everyone's asleep. And it's such a quiet movie. It's such a low key. People are whispering. And I have my volume on my TV at 100. (laughs) At 100. Speak up, man! And then all of a sudden, they go from... You know, from Steve Carell going, well, maybe this and Mark Ruffalo going, and then all of a sudden they're at a wrestling meet. 
and I've, I've got to really quickly down to 35. Uh, but for the most part, it was a quiet movie and not quiet in a good way. It was a slow movie, and it, it wasn't my thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's one of those weird kind of things, man, where you just look at, you know, and again, like we talked about Boyhood, Richard Linklater, as much as you know, great director, uh, you know, we said if, if the movie lacked some flow and was disjointed at times, you know, did he deserve the nomination? So um, it is interesting, but again, there's always those snubs, um, you know, when you talk about the Oscar season. Um, you know, one of the guys that said, you know, making some news and, and, and making some noise and a movie that's made a lot of noise, Birdman, Alejandro G. Inarito? Inarito? In Inaritu, I Inaritu. believe. We need to we need to get paid for this show just so we can like quit our jobs and and get like pronunciation lessons because these these guys like we're we're just butchering names left and right. But my, uh, my eighth grade Spanish tells me this is Inaritu. Inaritu. Alejandro Inaritu. Inaritu. Yes, let's. Uh, it sounds cool. It sounds like a badass. Yeah, it's definitely better than Inaritu. <laughs> In your what? So, uh, yeah, I his his uh, directing of Birdman really great. Some amazing choices, some amazing long long takes, some great shots of Michael Keaton and his Birdman alter ego. Uh, definitely, definitely a force in the directing category. Yeah, I mean, what I found really interesting about this movie, and and it's funny when you look at like Best Picture and Best, like, and a lot of times a Best Picture, you, you look at like these movies that are on like a grand scale, and and this this wasn't this is was almost like a, you know, big budget independent film, like it had like that independent film feel, um, but a lot of great names, and and it's funny because you know when we talk about Selma, yeah, Selma like was a real ensemble kind of movie without. Uh, performances that really jumped out at you. Uh, I felt the same way about Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, real ensemble kind of feel. No performances jumped out at you. But then you get like an American Sniper where it's like one singular performance kind of carries the film. Uh, Still Alice. One singular performance really jumps out at you. What was amazing about Birdman to me is that this is the one movie that had both to me. You, you had a, a performance from Michael Keaton that really, really jumped out at you. I've always been a fan of the guy. Again, another guy that I'm happy for yeah. that, that's finally getting uh, that acclaim as an actor. Uh, I thought his performance was phenomenal, uh, a flawed, uh, delusional, uh, experiencing some mental issues, uh, former movie star. Um, I thought Michael Keaton was incredible in this part, but... On top of that, just a tremendous, tremendous ensemble cast with depth in their characters as well. Um, just just an unbelievable movie, top to bottom. Uh, as far as the whole movie goes, I, the ending was weird for me. I, I think you, you could have ended it differently. Um, you know, when I talk about, like, uh, Whiplash being, like, the perfect movie... That's where I would say, like, again, when you're comparing great movies, and, and don't get me wrong, we're talking negative stuff, like, Birdman was great. Yeah. But uh, to me, I'm still looking at Whiplash as, like, borderline the perfect movie. Um, the ending I was kind of iffy on, but tremendous movie when you get a breakout performance from the lead actor, and on top of that, you get a, an incredible ensemble performance. Yeah, I mean, we're talking 
really, I mean, there's some a, a lot of people, but really, Emma Stone and especially Edward Norton. I mean, his performance as the actor that they brought in to replace this terrible co-star, and you know, day one, wow, thank God we got him, and all of a sudden, it's not he's not the, a diva. He's not even all about the the process. He's just a, a little bit nuts. Yes. He's a little bit off, but everything does have a purpose for him. I mean, really, every scene where he goes off, you can see that it's part of him wanting to be a great actor and wanting to put on a great show, and he does it so well. I mean, I love Edward Norton, and uh, happy to see his, his career continue with such a tremendous role. And Emma Stone as well. You know, she uh, she turned out a great performance. I love her. I mean, I think she's great. And, and I, you know, and it's funny. Again, I guess there's movies that I can draw on my, my life experience. But again, Ed Norton was, uh, I met Ed Norton's. Like, I, I met guys studying theater in college, guys that were like that. That, uh, you know, the process, the process, uh, you know, took precedent over everything else. And again, like an amped up version of that. Um, but yeah, I thought Ed Norton was tremendous. Emma Stone was amazing. I mean, across the the they were just it was a fun movie. It was it was uniquely shot, um, and and Michael Keaton at the the top with just a, a quirky, uh, unnerved, coming unhinged uh, movie star. I I just thought it was uh, it was just a it was a tremendous movie. It was just something, and it was something very different. Like when you're sitting there watching it, it was not your typical movie. You know, you just thought you were seeing something different and nominated for Best Picture. Like it's one of those movies that got Best Picture and Best Director nominees. But, uh, well, you know... I'm wondering your take on a couple of things about Birdman. I mean, first of all, there's the, the conflict between Michael Keaton and Edward Norton. And there's the story about Michael Keaton and his daughter, Emma Stone. And then there's this also this side story about Michael Keaton and the uh, critic for the New York Times. So he has a lot of issues to deal with, along with his past issues. And where his previous issues come in, and this is what I'm curious uh, about your take, there's the one thing to have a voice in your head. He's got this voice of Birdman. Oh, I got a lot. Yeah, 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 I got so many. So he's lucky to have just one. Yeah, exactly. But he's got Birdman in there, and at times Birdman is telling him to, you know, grow a pair go back to what he was, you can still own the world. He's got this Birdman voice, which, I mean, of course we know the, the similarities. It's so much like his Batman, Batman voice. Yes. Um, but then there are the, the scenes where he's actually pulling things off, like moving things with his mind and flying. And I wonder just, you know, what's going on there. Is he, when he is flicking things across the room, I guess he's, he's literally trashing his room isn't Birdman. Uh, but I think there's a difference between the voice in your head and then taking your your past so seriously that you think you can still do these things, assuming that's what Birdman used to do. Um, what did you think of each of those two aspects of his performance? I, I, I Again, I thought he pulled it off. I mean, I thought he was, uh, you know... I mean, I thought there obviously there were delusions. Uh, I, and again, I liked the way it was shot, where they didn't like... They didn't spoon feed you, so you saw him like trashing his dressing room, uh, using uh, his superpowers. But then, like they they cut away and when they cut back, 
he's lifting things up and throwing them. So right. um, you see where he's flying, and he lands and walks into the theater, and then you see like the, the cab driver that's yelling at him for his fare. So um, I, I really I, I enjoyed the way it was shot. Like it didn't spoon feed you, and that's why the ending. It's like I guess it's up for our interpretation when you know his daughter looks up and you know it's almost like yeah look now he is flying. Um, or maybe she was just doing really good drugs, which is entirely possible. Right. But I, I just, I, I thought, yeah, it was like one of those things where, again, it was the subtleties in the performance where Michael Keaton, at times, was very grounded in reality, and at times you saw hints of maybe he, but maybe like it, it wasn't like they they told us in this film that this guy was a movie star, but he is a great actor, but the context of the movie at times it was like wait maybe he can act maybe he can do this this play and then you know that that last performance you know where he's pulling it off so it was it was great to see how michael keaton as the character seamlessly floated between fantasy world and and reality and and you you kind of hinted at it. one of my favorite scenes in the movie was his scene with the critic and and as you know for me you know and you know if you if you've ever performed you've ever gotten in front of an audience. Um, and at this point in my life, I've performed a ton of times. And I said, like, when I'm, when I perform my band, oh, my God, am I an asshole before, like, right before I go on? Because I still get stage fright. I don't care how many times I've been on stage, I still get stage fright. I still imagine the worst possible thing that could happen to me while I'm performing each and every time. And when Michael Keaton, when he said, you risk nothing. You ri- like that line was just yeah. Like I, I was just like yeah. That, that's you know you sit there and you judge and you write and he's just like it's not even written that good. But when he's like you sit there you you're risking nothing. And I, I thought that was such a great line for anyone who's for anyone who's performed, but also anyone who's put themselves out there for any reason and had someone shoot them down. Like it was just kind of it, I, I just loved that scene and how passionate he was. And she still was. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take down your play, but then the the final scene when he's getting a standing ovation, you see her storming out, and it's like she, it, again they're not spoon feeding us. You could tell like the the critic, the way they shot that scene, and you saw her walking out. She was probably pissed off that the film was good. Right. So she was, she's been defeated in the fact that you know she can't trash it. The film, I said the 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 play. The play. The play was good. So. Um, and it's interesting, you know, it's like one of those things, like, I don't know if, it, if it's going to win Best Picture, but again, great singular performance, really great direction. I, I love the way it was shot and, and a great ensemble. Again, not to me at least, not that typical, like, grandiose Best Picture feel, but in, in a strong field, you know, who knows? It should be interesting to see who wins. I just look at this field, and honestly, I still think that as great as it was, and, and again, maybe in other years, Whiplash, borderline, the, the perfect movie to me. That's like the little movie that could. I would love to see it win, but but a strong uh, showing right here as far as you know all the films uh, in, in nominated for best picture. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that Boyhood is not Boyhood. Birdman is in the mix for me. Boyhood, as I said before, a lot of people think it will win. Most people think it's in the top few, and it's just not in the mix for me. Uh, Birdman, though, is definitely among my favorite movies of the year. I, one of the best, most well-made, 
uh, best put together movies of the year is uh, Birdman. I'll tell you, I'm surprised a little bit about the Grand Budapest Hotel not only being nominated, but being uh, considered one of the top movies. For me, along with Birdman, I really, really love The Imitation Game. That was a terrific movie. Again, important subject matter. Back in World War II, cracking the uh, German Enigma code, it was a performance by uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, you know, Con! Sorry. No, no problem. Uh, we know the Academy loves these performances by somewhat damaged characters. Uh, you know, we're even talking still Alice. Uh, we're, we're talking about um, Eddie Redmayne and the Theory of Everything as, as Stephen Hawking. In this case, it's not as extreme. I would say from the look of it that he probably has Asperger's, uh, but it's not nearly as extreme. He is, is not deteriorating as the movie goes on. But this is the man who, he's tough to work with, but he's brilliant. Uh, he's got a team around him that he's got to win over. He's got superiors that he's got to win over. Tremendous scene where he's about to get cut off, and he's talking to a general in the, the British Army, and he's, you know, the guy says, well, I'm your boss. And, and uh, Cumberbatch says, well, who's your boss? And he says, my <laughs> I'm sorry, cracking myself up. He says, my boss is, uh, oh, I'm losing the name, the uh, Prime Minister of uh, uh, Ch- Churchill. He goes, my boss Winston is Winston Churchill. Churchill. And so he goes ahead and writes to Winston Churchill, and all of a sudden he's in charge of the program. <laughs> so, Great little scene. And uh, I thought his performance was tremendous. I thought the movie was done very well. They had their, you know, uh, revelation upon revelation, one after the other, about how to do this. Uh, Like I said, Keira Knightley in the movie, very good, maybe not Oscar-worthy. But I definitely think that Cumberbatch did a great job, and the movie really won me over. I I would say that probably... um, Birdman, I would say The Imitation Game, which is probably one of the top few chances, probably not going to win, but maybe going to get some votes. And Whiplash, which I don't think is unfortunately going to get much support, probably my three top movies in this category. Yes, yeah, I didn't get to see Imitation Game. I, you know, my Bo- the Grand Budapest Hotel in Boyhood, I don't know. You know, if they belong there. Um, you know, Grand Buda- Budapest Hotel is a fun little movie. I, I had a good time with it. I, I, You know, it was one of those, it was it was very Wes Anderson. I mean, yeah. it was so Wes Anderson. It was, you know, like Wes Anderson threw up on, on film and like that. So, I mean, you know, that was the essence of it. But it was fun. I enjoyed it. It had its but moments it, of importance. Yes. But, yeah, it was a, it was it a fun little trifle, maybe. It was a and, fun and in all honesty, like, those two movies, like, I, I would have pulled out one of them and put Still Alice in as a nominated film. I definitely, uh, you know, Boyhood, I think, it, Boyhood, I think, is surviving right now on this 12-year process. And, yeah. and, and that is so intriguing, again. Um, you know, I, I liked the theory of everything. I, I thought it was good. Um, I, I wasn't necessarily wowed by that film. I liked American Sniper a lot. I really liked that movie a lot. Uh, again, that was a movie that, 
I thought the pacing was really good. I, I thought, you know, it never dragged for me. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm, we're not going to get into politics here. We're just not going to do it. And I don't know what Klein, Kyle, Kyle, sorry, Kyle uh, may or may not have done. Um, I'm not here to speculate on uh, truth or, or, you know, that's just not what I'm going to do. I, I, as far as a movie goes, I, I thought it was, it was one of those interesting movies that I enjoyed it a lot, but I thought it was a good movie. Not great. I thought it was a good movie with a great performance in it. And, and you know, Bradley Cooper's a guy, again, a guy that I'm happy for. He's been around for a while. You think of, like, some of the things he's done in the past, uh, Wet Hot American Summer going back, you know. His big start, and man, what a start. Loved, I mean, we both love that movie. We, of course, know where it came from, The yes. Mind of the State. Yes. The Mind of the State. But, yeah, I mean, what a past, including... Like you said, things like Wet Hot American Summer, and from there, um, in uh, geez, what was the movie that he did? He played a, a real jerk of a guy, uh, Wedding Crashers. Yes, you know where he turned in a great performance there. I loved him in Alias. I don't know if you watched that. I did show. not watch Alias. I mean, Bradley Cooper is one of those actors that, to me, for years was that guy in. Right. Like people didn't know his name, and it's like, oh yeah, that guy in. He was awesome. You know, and then, like, Hangover, A-Team, I mean, you know. Yeah, when the Hangover trilogy came along, he became more than just Bradley that Cooper. Guy. Yeah, he was Bradley Cooper. But then going from the guy in the Hangover trilogy to what's happened in the past three years, three consecutive nominations uh, for Academy Awards for Silver Linings Playbook and American Hustle. And that's uh, like, do you, do you think that, like, he's a guy – Best actor category is an interesting category to look at, like, the guys in there. And Bradley Cooper, a guy who put on, what do they say, like 30 pounds of muscle for the part. Um, I I thought with the movie, for, for people that were criticizing and saying that they, uh, you know, Chris Kyle is not a hero and, and all this other stuff. Look, I, again, not getting into politics. I Kyle's the guy I want on my side. So as far as... Being a guy in the military who is protecting our country and killing people that want to do bad things to our country where I live, he's a hero to me, okay? Um, that being said, I did not think for one minute the movie portrayed him as heroic. I thought they portrayed him as a human being who was flawed, who was borderline obsessive with protecting um, who could not handle being at home because if a soldier, if he watched on TV that a soldier died, to him, to Kyle, it was, I could have protected him. So I got to go back. So he neglected his family. He almost lost his marriage. So I think, I thought the, the portrayal of the character was, was very realistic. I, I, I just thought it was it was well done, which again is interesting that, Eastwood's not nominated for Best Director. I, I thought the portrayal of the character was very, very well done. Um, I thought Bradley Cooper brought a lot of depth, um, a lot of humanity to the character. I thought it was a phenomenal performance. It was one of the only experiences I've ever had in a theater where during the credits they have Kyle's memorial service, and you could have heard a pin drop. 
People walked out of the theater like they were walking out of a funeral. Yeah. It was... I've never experienced anything like that. And that means that that movie, for those two hours or so, grabbed a hold of you and really, you know, it, it said something. And that's why, like, again, it was one of those things that I thought it was a very good movie with a tremendous performance from Bradley Cooper. And when you look at best acting, you look at Michael Keaton and Steve Carell's in there, Eddie Redmayne for Theory of Everything, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, you know, a lot of times you find in these award ceremonies, the Oscars, um, that someone wins an award and it almost becomes like a lifetime achievement award. Does this become like something that Bradley Cooper wins, you know, third year in a row? Like, he's got to break through sometime. Does he break through tonight? And I don't know if that's the case. Um, it's it's interesting. I'm looking at the, the uh, category right now, and one, two, three, four of these, uh, characters are based on real people out of the five. And, you know, like you said... Wait, Birdman wasn't real? He's the only one. Birdman is not real. It's based on Batman, who is real. That's a good... Okay, now okay. I feel better. But Birdman is not. <laughs> but Bradley Cooper, like you said, he maybe it's that Lifetime Achievement Award. It's not such a long career, but it's this incredible run. You know, where, where you were talking about him being... Uh, Humanized, God, the end. It was it was heartbreaking to to really become so invested in this character and to finally see him get it together. I mean, finally get his personal life together and put the rest behind him, find a purpose in life, and and for things to end so tragically was it was really rough walking out of that theater. And everything was tough in that moment. I mean, you know, when he was. And that's why I thought when people said, like, you know, he's portrayed, like, too heroic, and I was like, you know, the stuff he had to do, and, and that's the nature of, of the war over there, you know, men, women, and children are used. And, and some of the choices he had to make, I mean, I thought Bradley Cooper was brilliant at, you know, I, I mean, and they, they have a close-up of his face, and he is perched, ready to kill somebody. And... Just the emotions he was able to con- convey, not even with dialogue, just his facial expressions as he's making the decision whether to kill somebody or not, I, I just saw it was, it was brilliant. I, I really thought like that, that, just those scenes and the subtleties in, like when, you, when you're acting and you can't use your hands and, and your body and everything, and you have to, like he's got to, as an actor, stay as still as a sniper would. And, and it's focused and, and, and looking through the viewfinder and yet convey the torture of the decision he has to make. And I, and I thought he nailed it. Well, you talked about whether, you know, he, the, the uh, character was being glorified or not. And it is a controversy. And a lot of people came out and said, no, it's not a hero. Someone who kills someone from afar is a coward. But it's one of the jobs. It's just one of the jobs that you need to have when you're in the military, when you're in the middle of a war, when you're in the middle of a torn down city with, with uh, geez, people willing to blow themselves up and blow up others. It's a tough job. He was, he was really put on a pedestal within the military. He was the legend. You know, even on that first day where he said, I killed four. Well, I really hit six, but, you know, two of them walked away. And they were like, that's tremendous. That's more than anyone's. He didn't realize 
then there were the moments where he ran, he got off the roof. He said, you know what, they need me down there. And all of a sudden, he's the man. He accomplishes exactly what needs to be done on the ground. So he was kind of a, a hero. He was, as they said, the legend in the movie. What I loved was he had this this rivalry with someone he never met, with someone he didn't know what he looked like, but there was the sniper for the other side who was doing the same thing from, you know, a, a thousand yards away, not a thousand yards, yeah, maybe a thousand feet, maybe. whatever they're measuring, a thousand meters away. And, and, and he was an Olympic sniper. Right. He was a... <laughs> He was an Olympic sniper. He was. We're, we're in. Uh, we're in Europe. We're in the Middle East. So I'm assuming it's meters. Um, Good point. <laughs> so he was doing the same thing, and it was a vendetta eventually against this guy. And yet he was just doing his job for the other side. And so aside from what he was going to personally, aside from what he did leading his team, he had this this vendetta in which he finally was able to, uh, you know, win out. I, I, so many aspects of this movie I did enjoy, um, and the, the biggest though had to be Bradley Cooper and his performance. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's what's you know when you have these movies that like again sometimes you get an ensemble kind of thing and sometimes you get uh, one singular performance. Uh, you know, one of the guys we haven't talked a lot about that movie, but Eddie Redmayne also nominated Best Actor playing Stephen Hawking. Hawkins, um, Hawking, 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 Hawking. <laughs> um, great performance again. I, you know, it was one of those things where I, I thought this was Felicity Jones's movie. Um, if I was ranking performances, I think I'd rank him like right beneath her. Um, I thought he was tremendous. Uh, you know, he the look and everything. He really uh, he nailed it. Um, he look. It was one of the, like it was weird though with this movie. Like I, I liked it. I, I can't say that I was like afterwards. I was like, oh my god, that was so good. Um, it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed his performance. Like I said, I think Felicity Jones was really the, the class act of the movie. Um, you know, he might be the darling of the best actor category. I mean, for me and my feelings, I'm look. I, I hate to say because I love Steve Carell, but I pulled Steve Carell right out of it. Uh, I think he's got. You know, I don't even know if he should be there. I, I, Bradley Cooper and Michael Keaton are two guys that I'd like to see win. Um, but Eddie Redmayne's got a legit shot at taking home the trophy tonight. He does. He's he, Again, just like in Still Alice with Julianne Moore, he's playing that that damaged, in this case, you know, physically damaged character who is deteriorating. And that's something the Academy loves, and he did it very well. I'm not saying that he should win or even be considered just because it was a... a role that involved that kind of action, but the, the fact that he did it so well, he really portrayed Stephen Hawking uh, to a T, and I think that there was a lot of emotion behind his performance. I see what you're saying, pardon me, I see what you're saying about Felicity Jones. However, you can't ignore what Eddie Redmayne pulled off, and uh, I didn't realize how far into Stephen Hawking's life this movie went. I thought it was going to be much uh, much more of his early life, and it ended up being a, a lot of his life, and it was, it was difficult, you know? It, it's tough to see that kind of deterioration. And like, again, still Alice, of a brilliant mind. Now, you can't compare her to Stephen Hawking, but his despair, his hope, eventually his 
sense of humor, the, uh, the, the mastery of the technology needed to continue to not only be a brilliant mind, but to put it out there and let everyone else know what he's thinking. I do think that's one of the... I think it's got to be between Michael Keaton and Eddie Redmayne in the best actor category. So one thing that I, I, I think I would have rather seen in, in a movie such as this, and I know that like the, the movie was based on a uh, book that uh, Jane Wilde had written, so it's, it's their saga together. Um, I, I think I would have rather seen... I think what made Still Alice so poignant is that they they took us on that journey as the disease gradually took effect. Um, I, I thought they, they jumped quickly where like, you know, very early on in the movie, you know, you see ALS is starting to take effect and he's, he's in the wheelchair for a big chunk of the movie. Right. Um, I, I, for me as I would almost would have rather seen the struggles as, it slowly happened over the years, um, but that's just me as as a moviegoer. I, I honestly thought at times the movie dragged a bit. Um, again, and we're talking about quality movies, so I'm not saying still a great movie. I just thought at times it it, it dragged. Um, I agree. I think you're looking at there. I, I would love to see Bradley Cooper win, but I agree with you. I think it's a two man race between Keaton and Redmayne. I'd love to see Keaton take it because of, of how long a career, but. You know, you got a few guys that have had like pretty long careers, and you got Mr. Redmayne here, a relative newcomer, uh, that comes in and could very well take the trophy. So, uh, it should be an interesting race tonight as we get ready. And it, it's amazing we got about about 16 minutes left until the Academy Awards start. And uh, I can give you a little bit of a rundown here in the Best Actor category. I'm looking at who's won the previous awards this year. And first of all, last night the uh, Independent Spirit Awards. Uh, the award went to Michael Keaton. For However, this category has been very split. Uh, Michael Keaton and Eddie Redmayne both won the Golden Globe for the uh, best comedy musical category, the best dramatic category. Uh, Eddie Redmayne won the Screen Actors Guild Award for Best Actor. He also won the BAFTA, the British Academy of Film and Television Arts Award. Michael Keaton on, uh, he won the Critics' Choice Award, and uh, I see the Chicago Film Critics. Bradley Cooper did take the Critics' Choice. And that's all you've got out of that category, but you can see that it's pretty much a two-man race between Michael Keaton and Eddie Redmayne. I, I understand that it's probably Michael Keaton's category. I'm still putting my, my vote behind Eddie Redmayne. Really? Yeah. yeah if, I, if I had a vote... Yeah, it wouldn't be Eddie Redmayne. Uh, it would be actually either Bradley Cooper or Michael Keaton. That would, I'd, I'd have to think about it, but that that would be where my vote was. I just, again, it, I, to me, and maybe maybe it's just me. It probably is just me. It's it's me. But I the the again the with Bradley Cooper the the, the subtleties in, in that performance that I to me like when people talk about it, I, I feel like I've gone unnoticed. But uh, I like those those. Scenes like when he was he was perched and, and ready to to kill somebody. I I thought were were some of the most powerful scenes I I I've seen. And and you know a lot of war movies like you don't like the sniper thing also was something different for you know most war movies you see are are you know about the soldiers on the ground. And uh, I, I 
I just loved his performance in this. Uh, but a strong category, nonetheless. Now, I think that we're in agreement on a few of the other categories, as as were the other major voting bodies. Um, best Actress, Julianne Moore won almost across the board. Actually, one win for Marion Cotillard from the New York Film Critics. But otherwise, stupid, Julianne, Julianne Moore uh, across the board. In Best Supporting Actress, Patricia Arquette uh, did not lose one single one of these major awards, Golden Globes, SAG, BAFTA, Critics' Choice. The L.A. Film Critics is the only one which did not win uh, Best Supporting Actress, and that's only because she won Best Actress. So so there you go. And and Best Supporting Actor was J.K. Simmons across the board. Uh, I'm curious now, we talked about Best Picture. How about your pick for Best Director? And who do you think took home most of the awards for Best Director? I think took home most of the awards. If, yeah. I, if I had to pick who took home, it, it's weird because picking, like I feel like for whatever reason, again, I, I thought the movie was chopped. And most of the people that I've talked to have seen Boyhood have kind of said the same thing, uh, but it seems like a darling. So I could see uh, Richard Linklater getting a lot of the notoriety and a lot of the awards. But I would go with Alejandro. Uh, for Birdman, uh, especially because, it, you know, it, it's it was such a unique film uh, that that I, I would I'll say that he won the bulk of the awards. Uh, Richard Linklater did win the bulk of the awards. Son of a bitch! Inyaritu won the Directors Guild Award, which is very predictive. Um, from from what I see here, ninety percent of the winners of the Directors Guild of America Award since 2004 have won Best Picture. Uh, I'm sorry, won Best Director. 80% since 1994. One award from the New York Film Critics went to Wes Anderson. Otherwise, it was all Richard Linklater. And Best Picture, and this is one where I think we agree, Boyhood is not really our our favorite movie, but almost across the board did win. Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel won the other Golden Globe. As we know, there are two awards. And Birdman a couple, one from the Producers Guild, which is fairly predictive of the Best uh, Best Picture Academy Award, and also the Screen Actors Guild Award for Best Ensemble, which is something you had been mentioning from the start. Um, so, you know, backing you up, it did win the SAG Award for Best Ensemble Cast. And then uh, what one little win for The Imitation Game, which is my uh, other darling here from the Toronto Film Festival, which is, you know, out there a little bit fringe, but something nonetheless. That's yeah, fine, because when I look at Best Picture, though, man, like, I really, I'm, I'm just, I mean, again, when you go, like, predictions versus what you want to see win, right. uh, like, I'm really pulling for Whiplash. I would just love to see, uh, you know, people wouldn't expect it. I, again, I just, I just thought it was such a good film. And, and it, you know, again, carried by uh, a great performance, but it was shot uniquely and, and the, the drumming was incredible and just the musical elements of the movie in addition and, and you know the kid like doesn't get enough credit because he was standing next to a performance for the ages but you know he had to learn how to drum and everything you know great performance by him uh, can I give you one, one pet peeve about this movie you can and it's a pet peeve I have about a lot of uh, movies and television so the guy is on his way to this major performance. Uh-huh. He has issues. He forgets his uh, drumsticks. Yes. He had a problem getting it. He was late. 
So he goes back. He says it's just in my car. Now he's got to drive because it's really at the rental place. He's driving back, and he's just his car is demolished by a, a Mack truck, right? Yes. He, like, crawls out of there, bloodied and beaten, gets to the, uh, the site of the performance. He's, like, two minutes late. He says, give me the sticks. I'm sitting down. He has problems. He messes up because he's so physically injured. J.K. Simmons says, you're done. I, the fact that he never said, by the way, I was just crushed by a truck. That's my one pet peeve that happens way too much. Sometimes people have, you know, oh, let me explain it, and they come up with all kinds of, you know, excuses. But when there is one overriding, truly valid reason why something happened, and they never say it, that bothers me. Now, not taking away from how great the film is, but a pet peeve. Yeah, see, you know, it's funny that didn't bother me because I, I, to me, I took it as that character was so obsessed with with winning the approval of his his band instructor that there was there were no excuses. There was no. It didn't matter. I'm bloody. A finger, if not the hand, was broken. Like, you know, there's. I don't know. I just that that's kind of what I what I took from it. Even though he attacked him right after. And it probably wouldn't have mattered to J.K. Simmons. Either. No, not even a little. Probably bit. wouldn't have mattered. So, you, maybe you're right. But it's one of those things where, okay, you know, you're telling me that that's the end of it. That I'm out. Right, maybe I'll mention this fact just, just <laughs> as a last. Issue. By the way. <laughs> But, I, you know, it's interesting as we look at, like, you know, and I say I want Whiplash to win. Um, I really, like, if I'm a betting man, I, I wouldn't bet on it. I, I really, you know, and I I, I kind of think at this point it's it's really Birdman or the theory of everything. I think that's, it's I think Best Picture is a is a two-horse race. Um, theory of everything, you think, is up there for Best Picture. That's your, your number two. So those are, I'm thinking, okay. of my, my, my two... I you know again like I wouldn't I liked American Sniper a lot more than I, I feel like people are giving it credit for. Um, I loved Birdman. I, like, but my my pick if I had a vote, I would probably vote for Whiplash. Okay. Now let me ask you this: Whiplash is up for best adapted screenplay. I'll give you the rundown: American Sniper, The Imitation Game, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson for Inherent Vice, uh, The Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. Do you think it has a shot for adapted screenplay? Do you think that adapted screenplay may go to American Sniper? Is this one where they award, uh, reward one of the films that did not win in the other categories? Or is it going to just support one of the movies that wins Best Picture or Director? It's a tough call. I mean, I could see it being almost like a token award. Let's give Sniper something that's not going to win uh, the major awards. Uh, right. Like I said, my feeling as, as a fan, as a moviegoer... Whatever you can give to Whiplash, give to Whiplash. I, 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 I and I know. I, I maybe people think, maybe people are listening and saying I'm, I'm beating a dead horse, but I just, I to me, I feel like it's, it was just such a, a phenomenal movie. But uh, I, I could see that though. I could see you know May Sniper winning in that category. Now, best original screenplay, I think, is a more competitive category, uh, not more competitive, more intriguing, let's say, where you've got uh, Birdman, Boyhood. Foxcatcher, The Grand Budapest Hotel, and Nightcrawler. And in my mind, this may be the place where The Grand Budapest Hotel takes home an Oscar. I, I can see that. Um, you know, again, and that might be in another one of those categories where, 
you know, Birdman wins a lot of the, the major ones, but we get a, a token. Um, you know, it's weird, the Grand Budapest. I don't know how I feel about that movie. I mean, it was a fun little movie, but I don't, I, I didn't, you know, when you watch a movie and you're, you're just thinking, like, that this is an award-winning film. I wasn't really thinking that. I mean, it was a nice, quirky little movie. I liked the way, like, it was shot where almost, like, a lot of the editing and stuff was, was almost like silent films. Um, you know, and again, it was Wes Anderson being very Wes Anderson. Yes. Um, but I, I didn't, I didn't uh, jump out, like, thinking, wow, wow, this is an award-winning film. And then, like, and then this category, you got Nightcrawler. Where it was like no place else anywhere, but it, it gets nominated here. But you know, I could see Grand Budapest winning, or I could see you know, is this a night where we we see Birdman like sweep across the board? Yeah, it could be a Birdman sweep. It could be a Boyhood sweep. You know, you never know. I I can't see Boyhood winning original screenplay because I don't think there was much of a screenplay. I don't think that would be fair at all because I think that so much of this movie was just on the fly, and I don't understand how it gets a screenplay nomination. I think the Grand Budapest Hotel was more than potentially a token. Although I don't see it as a best picture, it was extremely well written, I think. And, you know, that was maybe the strength of the movie was the writing. So I could see that taking home the statue. I say, yeah, I mean, again, like I said, it just didn't jump out at me as, as an award winner. And again, and then and, and this, in this category, Foxcatcher thrown in there and, uh, you know, not, not well reviewed. And, and, uh, you know, you said it wasn't that great. And, and yet it's, you know, it, it, it's funny because when you start counting up the nominations, it, it, it got a decent number of nominations. Yeah, four out of these top eight categories, uh, best director, screenplay, actor, and supporting actor it, is a you know hell of a night for Foxcatcher, even if it doesn't win anything. Uh, four out of those, you know, big eight, um, but not, not a bad showing. I just don't see it. So what are you pulling for? Like well, you know, we're talking. You know, if you, you had to, you had your vote for the Academy. You know, let's like, best picture. Like who, who you want to? If you had to say this is the one I want to see win. Wow! If I was telling you who I want to see win, and you're putting me on the spot because I, I, I am cannot, putting you on the spot. Well, that's fine. That's what this is all about. Yeah. But it, I'm trying to decide between Birdman and the Imitation Game, and for best picture, I think I'm going with the Imitation Game. Really? That, that is my pick. Wow. I don't think it has a chance to win. I don't either. But it's my pick <laughs> for best picture. How about you, Ken? Oh, we got to tell you, Whiplash should be mine. If I had a vote, I could win, which I don't think is going to So we're both going to be disappointed at the yeah. end of the Oscars yeah. uh, this year. But uh, Let's keep going. Best actor. Best actor? That's that's a tough one for yeah. me. I, I Again, you know, I would love to see Bradley Cooper win. Um but it's one of those. Wow! If I had a vote, I I, I don't know which which I, it would be between Bradley Cooper and Michael Keaton. To be honest with you, those would be the two. Um, if I had a vote, I'd probably go with Keaton. Although it's it's close for me, and I don't think Bradley Cooper's getting enough love for his portrayal, especially with the con like the controversy. I think kind of skewed a bit, like the, the positivity that should be surrounding his performance. I know Eddie Redmayne's up there, but he he, he would probably be... I, I didn't see Imitation Game, so he'd be third on my list. Yeah, I, I don't think that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is in the mix here. And I would be in, in between Birdman, uh, Michael Keaton, and Eddie Redmayne. And so, you know, we each had two picks. 
Michael Keaton was a common one, so it seems like uh, Pop Life is putting its support behind Michael Keaton. And I think, as much as I thought Eddie Redmayne's performance was tremendous, maybe it is the fact that Michael Keaton had to invent a character instead of portray someone who already existed. Well, I mean, not to, look, brilliant performance. And again, we're splitting hairs. We're taking, like, you know great performances and trying to rank one over the other. And I think that's what's weird with, like, these awards. You know, you Grand Budapest Hotel versus American Sniper. Like, how do you, like, rank those? And, uh, you know, the one thing that you're right, I mean, that Eddie Redmayne had going for him is a ton of footage, a ton of pictures. It's not like he – there was a, a real-life person that he was able to study from, whereas someone like Michael Keaton had to really, you know, kind of invent that role. So – but again, we're we're splitting hairs. It's interesting because those like best picture, best actor, are interesting categories. Actress, supporting actor, maybe not as competitive. So, uh, you know, interesting stuff as far as the the categories go. Like the ones that are going to be really competitive and the ones that uh, you know, probably shouldn't be. I mean, you know, best supporting actor shouldn't be to me. I mean, I think we're in agreement. Uh, yeah, J.K. Simmons. Uh, supporting actress. That's uh, Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette. You know. Uh, Actress, we're right there. So, I mean, those those categories seem, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll get something out of the blue. And, uh, you know, Meryl Streep will take home another statue for Into the Woods. You know, she, she gets nominated all the time and doesn't win. And this is going to be another year where, hey, it's an honor to be nominated. But please, come on. Uh, good stuff, man. We got about a minute left. Uh, excited, you know, this is fun doing this show. And, and I got to admit, man. You know, people, people, if you go to the movie, stop talking. Stop talking. Put your phone on silent. Put it away. And just immerse yourself in film. But oh. as much as that was irritating, I, I, I had a good time prepping for this, this show. Open your candy during the trailer. Yes, exactly. Okay. And, and again, the theater-going experience is great. It's, I'm so thankful for all the other platforms where we can catch these movies. It was a, a lot of fun. You know, like I said, 15 movies in two weeks was exhausting. Impressive. But I'm I'm totally up for it now. The Academy Awards begin in a half hour, so we're going to allow you to watch the red carpet for thirty minutes. <laughs> uh but you know, it's it should be a fun night. And hey, Neil Patrick Harris is hosting. Come on. Can't this, go wrong with that. Can't go wrong. This guy is gonna get on stage and he's gonna sing, he's gonna dance, he's gonna dance. I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm excited to have our next show so we can recap and see what we were writing. For Todd, I am Ken. Enjoy the Oscars. Take care, everybody. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.